Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to this podcast with Pastor Mubarakota. Mubarakota is the founder and leader of Christ Love World Outreach, a global evangelical ministry that is impacting the lives of many worldwide. Mubarak, an anointed teacher of the word, teaches the good news that has the power to heal the brokenhearted, free the captives, and change lives. Stay connected as you receive God's inspired word. Now, today's message. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. Alright, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be here? What a blessing. Alright. We are back again. Tonight, I'm sharing with you on the title, Thou Lackest One Thing. Amen. See, thou lackest, lacketh one thing. It looks like the lackest is not coming. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. John 660. Many therefore of his disciples, when they are heard, they said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Amen. Verse 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Amen. Now, this was Jesus Christ when he had begun to preach to people and uh, kept talking, doing miracles, okay? Then, as he kept preaching, a lot of people began to gather. Amen. Now, the people were excited initially because who doesn't like wine? And who does not like bread and fish? Many people could not buy fish for themselves. And many people could not buy bread. But when you came to Jesus, you would have a lot of bread. I'm sure they said the man that shares the bread. Amen. The Jews therefore strove among them. Verse 52. Among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? You know, one day Jesus' preaching changed. All right? Previously, he used to preach things like love your neighbor, self, if you're friends loves you, just be kind. Just preach things like, like what? The light of the world. Come again. God will take care of us. Take no thought for your lives and everything. But suddenly, the message changed. And he began to say things like, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life. Ah, the people became confused because they knew they had life. But now Jesus was saying that if you don't eat his flesh, like, are you trying to start a cult? Are we cannibals now? What's happening here? Fifty-four, he said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood had eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Wow. 
they followed him, turned water into wine. But now, the people have come for wine and he's talking about his blood. It's a bit funny. What do you think? Wine and blood, are they the same? Because we all know what wine is. We all know what blood is. Say amen. And he continues saying, For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. And as the living Father had sent me, I live by the Father, so he had so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things he said, these things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. Verse 16. So when he began to see all these things, many therefore the disciples, when they had heard this, they began to say, this preaching is very hard. Now guess what? As hard as the preaching was, this was the reason why he came. The blood, the body, that was the reason. He had to shed his blood. So, when he began to tell them the real deal, a lot of people became disinterested. They didn't like the message anymore. It wasn't nice anymore. It wasn't attractive. In fact, the people were worried. We, we came for miracles. We came for bread. We came for food. But now what you are saying uh, it's, it's funny. What happened? Then Jesus knew in himself and murmured at it. Jesus said unto them, These things that I say, do they offend you? Ask your neighbor, does the message offend you? Does it offend you? you get offended about the preaching? you get offended about the message? The things that the pastor is sharing, is it offending you? Are you worried about it? Are you worried the pastor has been preaching funny things, weird things? Is it weird? <laughs> Is it weird for the pastor to preach something like, Lord, you can depend on me? Guess what? If Listen, I've been encouraging you to come for Wednesday meeting. But I'm sure by now you know Wednesday meetings are different. So if you know you'll be offended, please, just open the door and just go. Sunday, come. We'll prophesy. But Wednesdays are not like that. Eh? <laughs> you offended. Ask anybody, are you offended? People get offended about many things. Many things. You'll be amazed. Even my dress square can offend someone. When I wear white, people say I wear too much white. When I wear black, they say I wear too black. So many things can... Even my beard can offend someone. My haircuts can... You be careful because... The way you walk can even offend someone. Hallelujah. As you are walking, you think you are walking your best walking. You may never know how much you are offending someone. Amen? But should you be offended? Many people start to follow God and they follow and follow and follow but they never really get to that point where 
they bear fruit. They never get to that point where their relationship bears fruit. They never get to that place where they see results. Why? Because when they get to the level that they have to go deeper to bear fruit, becomes a problem and they can't continue. So they lean back, miss that opportunity. It doesn't matter how close you are. All right. When you marry, you realize that except you have an intercourse with your wife, she cannot get pregnant. It doesn't matter how close you are to the sea. Realize that except you go very deep, there are some types of fishes you cannot catch. <clears throat> it doesn't matter how what you want to do in terms of building. But the truth is, except you go to a certain depth, you can't take your building to a certain height. Say amen. Hallelujah. So, our Christianity must be challenged to go deeper. All right? You and I, if we, if we want our Christianity to be what God wants it to be, if we want our Christianity to be something that can become a testimony for others, if we want our Christianity to be something that uh, is able to challenge other people and bring them into the life that God has given us. It cannot be casual. Do you get it? And don't settle with uh, these, how do I call it? Anyhow, anyway, Christianity. Say amen. So, today, like I shared with you, <clears throat> we just want to look at what it means for our Christian to go a, a, another step deeper. You get it? Good. Like I said, if you know you don't like Wednesday meetings, take offering his basket is here. Put your offering in and go. I beg you. Don't come and cause problems for us. Mark 10, 13. Hallelujah. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Amen. So the Bible is telling us that, except you have a heart of a child, except you are humble, except you are, you are always like, I don't know. Except you are in that place where you are like, okay, what more do I need to know? You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You can't have any inheritance in this kingdom. Amen. Verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, 
What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Then Jesus answered unto him, Why calleth thou me good? There is none but one that is God. That is, there is none but one that is God. There is none but one who is good apart from God. Now, the guy was a Christian. Okay. I believe he was doing very well as a Christian. But he wanted to go deeper with his Christianity. Or with his service to God or worship. So look at what Jesus told him. Verse 19, Amplified. He said, you know the commandments. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Amen. So, this is the basic ABC of Christianity. Because Jesus told him, he said, what will I do? To have eternal life. Then Jesus said. So maybe in our day would have been. Go to church. It's the same thing. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Adultery is for married people. So you. You can't commit adultery. Have you killed someone before? No. Have you. When was the last time you stole something? Do you remember? So even right now, you see, you've passed the test. Isn't Christianity simple? <laughs> Let's take it. Do not kill. Have you killed someone before? But if you hate someone, you've killed a person. But I'm sure you don't hate anyone. You hate me. Okay. Do not commit adultery. You are not married. So you can't commit adultery. Hmm. Do not steal. I'm not sure you want to steal. Do not bear false witness. Have you ever gone to the court and said this person did this when they didn't do it? Do not damn it. Do not defraud. You, you don't look like a fraud person. You, or you fraud people. Okay. Honor your father and your mother. You honor your father. I think on Mother's Day, I saw you put your mother's picture. That's honor. And your father. You honor your father. So, you are good. Yeah. You've passed. Blind colors, distinction. <laughs> Do not kill. So all of us here, we can even, apart from just one or two, you know, which we can deal with. We've all passed the test. Does it mean we are okay? When the guy, the guy the, Jesus gave him this marking, marking scheme, and he thought, oh, if this is what will give me eternal life, then I should have times 10. But when he saw, when he looked at himself, he noticed that no, Jesus may, be, may not be telling him the truth. Because this cannot be all that there is to Christianity. When you come to church, it's, it's serving God just about Sunday, leaders meeting, everything. Then it should be so simple. Or I was sharing with someone this out. I said, look, the way you are acting, you have to be aggressive a little about your life and pray. It's not just about hoping that something will work. And I've been on this person. I've been for some time now. Pray. I went to meet the person was coloring. I said, at this time of your life, you should not be coloring. Are you a nursery? <laughs> are you in the nursery? Or you are in it's kindergarten, even Nathan cry does not color. Oh, you should not be sitting here coloring at this time. But this time you should be sitting here screaming, God, please help me, send me help. Hallelujah. So there's more to our Christianity. <clears throat> there's more to our Christianity than this. The man looked at his life and thought of, wow. 
Is this all that there is? If this is all that there is, then I should have eternal life. But deep down in me, he noticed there was something missing. So guess what? 20. He replied. He didn't even have to go and think about it all. He didn't even have to go and do it and see. Straight up, he said, and he replied to him, teacher, I have carefully guarded and observed all these. All these. He said, I should come to church. I've come to church. He said, I should give an offering. I've given an offering. You should have to wear a tie. I've worn a tie. You should have to be in leaders' meeting. I've been in leaders' meeting. You should have to do quiet time. I have done quiet time. Whatever you say I should do, I have done it. It's not just yesterday. I said, I started doing it from tech. Or oh, you've not been doing it from tech. <clears throat> Observe all these things. And taking care not to violate them from my boyhood. 21. And Jesus looking upon him. Loved him. Like, oh. Imagine Jesus loving someone. I'm sure he held his head and said, oh. <laughs> Jesus knew. You know, Jesus is very smart. He knew if he told him the real deal, he will not, he will be offended. And that's how all of us are. When we come to God, if God should introduce us to the banger, you know the banger, like the big deal huh, of our lives, what will really change us. Most of us will not become Christians again. We'll run. Why do you think God took them uh, so they could fight and uh, took them to them? Because God wanted to train them. So when they meet big battles, they won't run away. Because if I take them to a shorter way, they will never know what a fight is. And when a big fight comes, they will run back to Egypt. So all these church offering quiet time, but they are all like the surface of our Christian. If you are just at that level, you are not, you've not yet entered the real deal. You've, you are still swimming at four feet. You know, the four feet people, when they go to the swimming pool, they just stand at four feet. Or the beach, they just stand at the shore. When the water is coming, then they'll run back. Then they'll go back. Then they'll just play. Huh? When they, but they'll never go deep till their head is missing in the water. Yes. Swimming pools. And people, when they enter, even two feet, they will, they will be there. When they put there, then they step out. Then they, uh -huh. So up to now, that's how your Christianity is. When you step in, then you step out. When you step in, then you'll you be encouraging yourself. Hey, today I swam, I swam. But you didn't go anywhere. You were just two feet, three feet, four feet. Jesus said. Hmm. Mm, are you sure? Yeah, yes. Oh. This is my childhood. Then Jesus began to laugh. A killer laughter. I said, hmm. So are you sure you want eternal life? And I said, yes. <laughs> are you sure if I tell you, you'll be able to do it? He said, oh, why not? I said I want eternal life. I said it. I am the one. Am I not the one who came? Jesus, I'm the one who came and said, give it to me. All right. Jesus looked at him and said, okay, I wanted to tell you this, but let me tell you. He said, it's true. It's true you've done all this, but it's just one thing you are lacking. He said to him, you lack one thing. One thing. Thou lacketh one thing. I'm sure the guy was like, what again? I don't fornicate. I don't lie. I don't steal. I don't do any of these bad things. But what could there be that I've not done? You know, one time I was boasting to God. I said, God, I've given you everything in my life. I'm all out for you. Every I remember very well. I was around the ATM at in between Report and Queens. 
walking down from Indies. As I was boasting, then God said, there's one thing you've not given me. And I'm like, what could this be? Then he says, your ambition. I said, God, my ambition too. Your my ambition was like, oh, I'll serve God and I'll do this for myself. That was the day God crippled me. It took me some days to say, I've given you my ambitions too. Yeah, I didn't lie. Yeah. Go and sell some of your things. Go and sell your watch. Go and sell your car. Go and sell your house. This is a rich man. You I'm reading, you see. Go and sell all you have. Hey, this eternal life thing is a big deal. Go and sell all you have and carry all the money and go and give it to someone who has never worked for it. Give the money to the poor. All you have. All you have. And give the money to the poor. All you have. Derek. All. And give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come. And accompany me. Ah. This was it. Let's try and break this thing down a bit. Can we? One, the guy had seen Peter and Co. You know, it wasn't easy for them. Why do you think Peter asked Jesus, what will we have? Many times when they were walking, their next meal was on someone's farm. Usually, they said one, one Sabbath, they were walking and they were plucking food from they have seen Peter's sandals. How Akbar fight has become. This is a rich man. They had seen Judas. Judas, he used to steal small small, so he was not bad. But they had seen everything. And they had all, they, the guy had seen it and it's like, what? You, it's like today is like, you want to save me? Forsake all things. And come. That's the only thing you are lacking. That dependency. That thing you have. That is like your spare time. You know some of us. We have spare time. When we ask we serve God. We have spare time. So Our job can be our spare time. Our bank account can be. Maybe you people will not really understand. But people who have it. Will know what I'm talking about. And not that you don't have it. You have it. But at this time, a man down fears no fall. Your bank account. You see, there's a certain confidence that comes when you are in control. Like your ambition. One of the things that can make you very useless is that the ambitions you have are taken from you. Your ambition is to be a lawyer, a judge. Then God says that, Forsake that, and suddenly you become aimless. Your family members will be talking. What is this? What is happening? You see, it says until you come to that place where you you can let go of that last thing that you are holding on to, you have not started serving me. I told you, I told you that give your offering and go. You decided to stay. See, oh, it's not my fault, oh. Until you've come to that place where you can give all your salary. Hey! And still be Odeshi. Because, you see, you're dependent. You're, in your mind, eh, there's a certain reliance that, oh, at the end of the month, I'll take my money. And it brings you some joy and some confidence. And God does not want that confidence to be under your salary. He wants that confidence to be on him. Am I, am I, am I hitting the keys? Hmm. And I go deeper. <laughs> Some of us, we rely on our masters. After all, if it doesn't work, I have a masters. 
I can get a job. You don't know what you are talking about. Spare time. You, 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 is it, I won't put all my eggs in one basket. You can't follow your this our God and put spread your eggs. The God we serve, He He demands all the eggs in one basket, one torn basket. Which looks like it's going to be split open in the next minute. You still want to serve God and appeal to people. That's one thing you lack. That you still want to look wise in the eyes of family. You don't want to be like a fool. Yeah, many of us can't go deep in God because if we try going deeper, we'll become fools for our family. And we don't, we don't want to be regarded as fools. No, we don't want to be spoken of like that. That's one thing we lack. Go and sell all you have. Where your confidence that this man is rich. The Bible says that uh, he should go and sell all his possessions. All what? His possessions. And as if it's not enough, give it to the poor. And come and follow Jesus. You said you want to go deeper. This is it. You say you want to bear fruit. This is it. This is it. Go and sell all you have. You lack one thing. That thing is that your confidence is tied to a certain something in your life. Many of us, we can't serve God. Why? Because our one leg, as our one leg is in the water, our one leg is outside. Because we've heard that there are crocodiles in. So let me put one leg. If a crocodile is coming, I'll come out. But that's one thing you lack. You don't want to be vulnerable. You, do, you, you, you don't want to come and chew corn like Peter. You want to be rich and still have eternal. It's not possible. Can you give everything you have? If God said, leave or forsake everything, can you still say yes? Hmm? If God said, Tali, you won't work, you won't do PhD, you won't do any of these things, as your family members are happy, they say, oh, Abra, but you see, they, they will be more proud of you because you are going to do your PhD than maybe you are a pastor. So you'll be sure that when you tell them you will not do PhD again, they will be like, hey. Uh -huh. If God says that, leave all these whatever community, don't even graduate. Can you? If God says that, hey, right now, don't go to law school again. You see, you see, oh, you see. If God says, don't go to law school again. Or you think, oh, because you started law school, God can say, oh, go. But, but look at what God did. God is telling the man, don't have money again. Don't have money again. If God says, Charlie, quit your third year, what a final year, don't go to school again. Can you? You lack one thing. You think you, you are serving God, but there's still one thing. You are not fully dead yet in God. You are not dead. You are still alive. Because dead men, they don't feel anything. When you use a dead body to hit, it doesn't feel anything. So you are not fully dead in Christ. You still have some sensitivities here and there. You are, you are full of yourself. You are too conscious. Some people, if they start giving their money and it hits a certain level, hey, they become alert. No, 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 no. I'm giving too much. Can you give too much to God? Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah who lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by the faith. I live by faith, by adherence to and reliance on the complete trust. So, the life you are now living, is it a trust in you, your degree, your salary, your bank account, the amount of money in your account, or it is in Christ? 
Where is your reliance? Where is your action? But where is your reliance? The song is my hope. It's built on nothing else but Jesus and righteousness. Yes. Where is your Where is your hope? Some people, their hope is not in Christ. Some people, their hope is in that 2,000 cities that they've put somewhere. Some people, their hope is in that account that they've packed. If, if your hope is indeed in Christ, you will not be scared to finish all your account for Jesus. Listen. In my life, I've seen God <laughs> just rip me off anything that I could ever be conscious of. To the point where I stood stark naked in front of him with nothing. As I stand here, what do I have? He asked you. Apart from my Christ, I don't have anything. You know me. What do I have? Even I've come to a place where my, children, my, my son is not mine. Yes. Am I the one who gave him life? My wife is not mine. Nothing I have is mine. God can just say, hey, this is it today. What can a man do? Why are you acting like it is your own? We must, listen, I'm challenging us to go one step deeper. One step what? Deeper. You don't have any control over your life. Oh, I'm telling you. You have, you think you have control, but you don't have any control. You have zero control. That confidence that you have because of that money you, or that this thing, it's, 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 it's fake. Eh? It's fake. I knew someone who got sick at Kolebu. That's why I saw that money. Money itself is a, is a, I don't know, but there's a deception about it. Money, money is something, but money is nothing. That's how I saw how one test within a day you can spend 5,000. Just on test too. There are tests they do every, maybe every six hours to see if this has happened. Every three days they will go and do MRI. Like, this is, you see that? It's, this is a big deal. Then you want to rely on this thing. <clears throat> education. What is Education. Can't we just go a little deeper? Can't we just step a little deeper? Can't you go? To, you know, when you go to the swimming pool, and if you've ever been to a very big swimming pool, sometimes it's like a curve like this, or sometimes it's still straight. Then they have 19 feet. That's an Olympic place. How many of you ever went to tech pool? They have the 19 feet. I think it's even 24 or 19. Then you curve and you come to the 4 feet. You see, people who go to the 19 feet, eh, they don't trust. They look, it's like, they don't trust the water. They trust in their ability. Like, you know, because if you want to, if you want to go and touch the ground before you come up, you can't swim. So you have to have a certain trust that when you enter, you can come up again. Because at that point, there's no you can't trust the, the swimming pool. You see, when you are entering four feet, you can trust the ground. You know, that's what the song is. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Uh-huh. Like when you are in there, it's like ocean. You are you your leg can't touch the ground, your head too can see the top. Yeah. My trust is without border. But you see, when you're in four feet, your trust is with border. So when you step four feet, when you step, when you're even going to five feet, you can still trust because when you bounce, you can come up again. But when you go to ten feet, you see that you are going. Going. And it's like, hey, where's the ground? That is where God wants you. The place where you are going is like, hey, where is God? And God is not showing up. Is he not going to show up? <laughs> hey, uh, we are going to die. Uh, it's still not show. That is when you know you have eternal life. That is when you know you have found God. If God doesn't come, I don't eat today. He's not come. You are there. If God doesn't come, as as we started building, sometimes I'll be there, Pastor. Isaiah. You see, that that is the reliance on God. That is what pleases Him. That place when you hate that place is like 
Now you don't look at physical things to do things. You don't look at your bank account to do things. You don't trust. You don't look at anything. You just depend on God that God has said that he will do it. That is the place where you find that solace. Sometimes pastor will call me and say, ah, we need to, we need, we need to maybe hire someone to come and do this. Sometimes APG can come and say, the workers have come, they are working. What is their daily wage? Maybe all of them will be taking 900 at the end of the day. As at the time, they are, he, he designed the working. There's no money in the account. I, do you want to see money in the account before you say, let them work? Then you wait too. You wait. But if you trust without borders, you say, let them work. By three, money has still not come in the account. By four, money has still not come. By five, then they'll call you by 5.30. One of the times something like that happened. They called me around six. And I said, talk to Jifa. Talk to Jifa for what? Just talk to her. On that moment, someone has sent money. That is what we are talking about. You are waiting for money to come before you do the work. You will be there for a long time. Don't trust in any other thing. One thing you lack is that you put your trust in many things. And so you can't go deeper in God. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? What if it fails? What if it does not fail? I was thinking about one of our precious sons yesterday and today. Oh, oh, I, I really appreciated this guy. I kept encouraging him, we can do this. We've only gone further since he left. We've only gone further. I remember when we started this branch at Truth Fair, it was this person I'll pray with him, man. Then we'll go for evangelism. When he finished school, the guy became so afraid. The last time I spoke to him, I could see fear inside. So, what will I eat? What about my mother? about my fa my family what will happen i said god will god will do it he said no i must do something to help my family and no guess what the last time i spoke to him do you have a job no why don't you come still come something will just not let him come because there's a fear in there what if one thing thou, that thou lacketh is that you've never been able to come to that place huh, of total dependence on God. What God was, what Jesus was trying to show this man, hmm, go back to the scripture, is that you can't depend on your riches because this man was rich. Look at verse 22, look at it. <clears throat> at the saying, the man's countenance fell. He came with so much excitement. He came to church happy. Do you know there are people like that? They come to church, they're, they're, they are happy. The church is nice. Music is going. Fellowship, uh, outreach. We wear t-shirts. But just when they have to commit a little, they are counting on so far. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. We are going too deep. No. Uh. Now, people, you can never take them to five feet. They will curse you. I'm telling you, you try. They will insult you and get out of the water. Sometimes when you go to the pool, you see some friends who try and... Some people can sit at the pool, but they will never enter. They will dress, wear whatever they want to wear. Then they will come and sit at the tip. Then they will be playing with them. But to jump into the pool, they will never do a line line. Have you seen those people? I'm sure there are some here. For them to enter the water. So people can come to church and be happy. We are going for outreach. We will do Jesus saves. Then we go. Then we take, take pictures and everything. But when they come to church and they, they preach a message like, you can depend on me. But, hey! I can't be... I can't, what kind of church is this? Anywhere there's a small commitment. Hey! They freak out. Because... 
they, 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 as they commit, they lose their sense of control. But you can't have that sense of control and still work with God. Look at it. The man's countenance fell and was gloomy. He became sad. Why should you become, become sad? We thought you wanted the key to eternal life. We thought you wanted, we thought you were eager to know what will make you what? Inherit eternal life. We thought you were interested in eternal life. But what is happening now? We thought you wanted to serve God. We thought you wanted to be in the church. We thought you wanted to go deeper. But what is happening? One thing thou lackest. Hmm? There are many things you can talk about it. You can play about it. You can do whatever you want to do about it. But there's always one do. You must do that do. For the value you want to come. when you marry you want to give but you can do everything I love you but if you're a lady you must lie humbly for your husband to sleep with you even dogs lie even cow lie that is it and you must humbly carry the, the baby nine months you can hold your passport and your ticket Everything, go to the airport, do security, everything. But if you want to fly to Nigeria, you must enter the plane and sit down for the plane to take off. That is the final thing. You must do it. Your visa is meaningless if you don't fly with it. So what's the value? What is your Christianity if it can't just endure this whatever? That God is demanding. And he went away. Why did he go away? Because he offended him. He offended him. Look at it. Give King James. And he was sad at that saying. Why should people be sad at the pastor's saying? Someone can come to church. He wants to serve in the church. Everything. But he has a boyfriend that. He said, this boy, I will never leave him. One thing you lack is that you can't leave the boy. And you must leave that boy if you want to go further. Because if that boy is still in your life, you can never fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Some people come to the point, then the only thing they must do is they must quit their job. Some people come to a point, and the only thing they must do is make a sacrifice. Some people come to the point, the only thing is they must say a big no to their families and clearly tell their family, this is the path I've taken. But they are unable to do it. They are unable. Amen. They are what? Unable. <clears throat> He was sad at that, at that scene and went away grieved for he had great possession. He had what? Great possession. I like the King James at 21. Go back. Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest is go thy way, sell whatever thou hast and give it to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come the amplifier said, come and follow me. But look at the King James. He said, come and take up your cross. Come and take up your cross. Come and take up. Come and suffer. Come and take up your cross. Come and not be in charge of your life anymore. Come and take up your cross and follow me. There's a cross to carry, my brother. The thing you are lacking is that you cannot boldly carry your cross. If you are watching, if you are here, let me tell you, your Christianity and to produce a certain power, you must hit rock, that rock bottom where it's like you are, you are, you have lost it all. Yes. There are many Christians saying, I'm telling you, they don't believe in God. Though. They believe, 
they believe in their salaries, they believe in their accounts, they believe in the money they have hiding somewhere. That is where they are confident. Where is your confidence? This the man's countenance clearly shows that his confidence was not in eternal life, even though he was looking for it. Where is your confidence? And it's funny because we all came with nothing, Pastor. When you were five years, what did you have? Is it now that you've, you've, you are 30 or 25 and you've been able to get something small that you are freaking out like this is the end of the world? Pastor, let me tell you, in my life, I've come to a place where even zero CDs I didn't have. That means I was owing. Zero CDs I didn't even. So if I get money, I have to pay my debt. But you know the one way you used to go and pay that money for me. I was owing some woman who used to sell rice sardine. I was owing 400 Ghana cities. Was You say you don't want to owe. You how can you follow God? You know how it felt to tell my family that look, I want to serve God. I don't want to do any of these your things you are talking. What a PhD, I don't care. Leave me. I'm serving God. Do you know what it meant? It meant that Charlie, you're on your own. Whatever happens to you, we don't care. But I had to tell them. You, you can't tell. You can't see it. I had to say it so God will be confident in me. Are you lacking something? It's a question. I hope I'm being gentle tonight. Oh, it's a more relaxed service. Is there something lacking in your life? Yes. If you look for you, find this man's own was his money bike and bet all of us. There's one thing that when we think about, we can't think of foregoing. Telling you. You 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 pretend you love God and reason, but if God should ever talk about that thing, hey, it should be a problem. Anything you think and you are afraid that God can say, I want it. Any Isaac that you think of and you can't let go, there's a question mark there. You must be careful. I've watched my life literally to the point that I can't see anything my heart is tied to. Recently, I saw God was disentangling my heart about something from something. And he showed me many things and said, never even put your heart here. My heart is only in God. But not, not the church, not the land. I see it. I just see it as another task I have to complete. I was taking some of the people around. I said, this will be my office. And I said, no, this will be the pastor's, the pastor here, the office. Because my heart is not there. I told Pastor Zah, I said, Pastor Zah, you think, when I tell you that you, 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 you people should make here work, you don't really understand because I come and do Wednesday here. But very soon, when I don't come here on Wednesday, that's why you see that ah, I'm, I've cut off <laughs> completely from here. We are just borrowing this place for Wednesday. My heart is not here anymore. My heart, there's nothing here that my heart is in. What? Is it your AC that's not blowing? Or your mixer? That can't even give me good sound. My heart is not here. My heart is not in my family. My heart is not anywhere in Jesus. Even me, my heart is not in, in my life. Check where your heart is. Check. Because as I'm talking, you can see your, some of your hearts are in multiple places. Not just one have your heart is with a guy and another heart is in your job so you the people can just break your heart left right center because your job can mess you up your boyfriend can dribble you this like why can't you just gather all the pieces where you put your heart and just put it in christ the safest place now your heart is in your account which account there's no account to even put their heart. Is it the momo? The momo. Check, check. Offering. Ask my offering. Pepe, 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 pepe. 
What else? This is, you see, this is what makes our Christianity fruitful. Because the more you feel you are losing it, that's when you rather gain. The things I've never put my hand, I've seen those things actually become better. My heart is never in my marriage. Like, I, Charlie, move on. Let's serve God. It's like I'm married to, I become a family. When you get close, you do you see sense family like? You know, some people are family, family, pa. Every, everybody's my family. Family, family. Special family. If I have special family, like people living in my home will not be there. Like, it will be my tribe, people will be there. Why, why are you putting your heart in many places? Thou lackest one thing. The, the sad part of it is when you even find people who put their heart in material things. Material things. Like shoes, dresses. There's no dress tied to my heart. Or my shoe. I can give it to you. Or my dress. When I was, I was having a shirt and I said, Pastor, this dress is nice. Take it. Then I said, Oh, I should wear it again before I give it to you. Then he said, Oh, wear it. I said, because you said I should wear it, take it. I won't wear it again. Where is your heart? Ask your neighbor, where is your heart? Verse 22. I'm, I'm wrapping up. He was sad at the scene and went away grieved. For he had great possessions. 23. And Jesus looked around about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches? Uh, enter into the kingdom of God. In a way, what he was saying, how hard is it for people whose hearts are in things to enter into the kingdom of God? 24. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom? Trust! Trust. Don't put your trust in any other thing apart from Christ. You know, having money brings confidence. How many of you know that? <clears throat> the last time you had a thousand CDs in your pocket, how did you feel? Oh, good. Real good. See that confidence you got? It displeases God. God wants that confidence rather to be in him. So that, as you are here right now, if you receive 2,000, the way you, you jack up, God wants you to jack up knowing that you have him and not 2,000. You get it? If you don't get it, forget about it. <laughs> Having your masters can make you feel confident. It can make you walk in a certain way. Oh, yes. Having two degrees. What is a degree? If there's light of and we enter, we can easily use it as toilet paper. <laughs> easily. There's even brown paper on top. There's nothing. It's nothing. I'll put my trust in Christ. Not my account. Listen to the preaching. No. It's not that Jesus doesn't want you to have all these. He wants it. But the truth of the issue is he wants him to be first. Whenever God senses a challenge, he doesn't like it. He's a jealous God. Jealous God. 
why should what God has given you become a competition between you and him and that thing? Is it a baby? Is it a child? No. Is it marriage? Is it a wife or a husband? Nothing should come between you and your God. Nothing. Nothing will come between me and my service for God. Is it your education? No. Hallelujah. Exodus 3.12 Say my token will be used to serve God. Say my token. Now I want you to highlight that place. This shall be a token unto thee. On Sunday at leaders session, I was sharing with you the scripture. I prophesied it to you. But I want to flip it over and explain something. Whenever God sends someone, whenever God chooses you to do something, he puts a token in your hand. He puts what? Token. The token is that authority that often you use to execute your work. Okay? So, if God ever gave me, if God ever wanted me to be a blessing to his church, he would give me a good job. And my token would be my salary, my bonuses, and the money that will come to me. Now, what is the purpose of the token? Is it for self-gratification? Or for God's glorification. When Moses go to verse 11. Moses said unto God. Who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh. And that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. God said to Moses verse 12. He said certainly I will be with thee. So. Your degree is a sign that God is with you. It should not be the reason why you can't do what God wants you to do. I will be with thee and this shall be a token unto thee. So the good job you have or the job you have now is a token. A sign that God is with you. A sign that he has sent you. Because if God has called you to be partner his kingdom, how would you partner? There's a token. Life is a token. Strength is a token. For Moses, he gave him a rod that became a serpent. Moses was not supposed to take that rod now and go to Makola and do magic and take money. You know he could have easily done that. Have you thought of it? And he would have made money. When, when Moses went to Pharaoh and he put a rod in 10 to 7, what did Pharaoh do? He called other people who had a rod. Do you think they were doing it for free? Pharaoh paid all those magicians. So Moses could easily have also become a magician. But he uses token for God's purpose. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of the land, ye shall serve God upon the mountain, this mountain. The token. Put your hand in your uh, dress. Bring it out. It's ten lepers. That, is what, that was the token. But he could have taken it and made money out of it. Now, whatever God has given you, let it be for what he has called you to do. Say amen. Say, my heart belongs to Jesus. Say, I'll go deeper. Say, I'll go deeper. Say, I'll go deeper to the place where my feet cannot touch the ground. And where my hands cannot hold anything. And where my head cannot be seen. I'll be lost in him. And yea, I shall not be afraid. 
for he is with me for he will lead me beside the still waters he will restore my soul he will lead me in the path of righteousness yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i'll fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies oh thou anointed my head with oil my cup runneth over surely 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 goodness and mercies shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever thank you for listening to this podcast visit www.christaboundinglove.com and our social media handles at the Christ Abounding Love Church for more audio messages and details on all upcoming conferences. God bless you.